A day later, just how bad was the Iowa loss to Eastern Illinois? We react, and I'll tell you, I maybe even woke up more upset. The numbers are not good as Iowa falls dramatically in the NCAA net rankings. We get into that. We also talk with recruiting analyst John Garcia, a breakdown of the Iowa recruiting class from a national perspective, and I battle a cold all today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in once again. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. And you can also find us on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you're there. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. And if you're on the podcast side, five-star reviews. That's what we're looking for as we talk Hawkeyes with you each and every day. Your team every day on the Locked On Network. Glad to have you aboard with us here today. As you could tell, my voice still a little bit rough even after yesterday's terrible performance. Now, yeah, it very well could be that I was yelling at at my screen too much. It wasn't a TV. I was watching it on my phone yesterday. And just the absolutely despicable effort that came from Iowa basketball yesterday. So the numbers are in. We found out yesterday, uh, about an hour after the game, Ken Pomeroy. If you don't know Ken Pomeroy, uh, you're going to hear that name a lot here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. I have been a longtime subscriber to Ken Pomeroy in his metrics and went to a pace site, oh, probably seven, eight years back. And just so much good analytical information here for somebody like me that's a gambler. It's incredibly important to have uh, that kind of information in front of you. In fact, the point spread is very, very close, seemingly every single time to what the Vegas point spread turns out uh, to be. So Eastern Illinois yesterday came in ranked 356 in the country. Today, they're 349. Again, this is an awful team. This is an embarrassing loss for Iowa from the national perspective and people talking about it to the drag that this is going to be all throughout the season. This is an anchor that is going to be incredibly difficult for Iowa to pull out of. It's just the reality. You lose to a team that even after the win is ranked 349th in the country. This is as bad of a loss as anybody has had in college basketball, anybody trying to fight for an NCAA tournament bid. So the projections also. Iowa, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, going into the week where they played Duke, Iowa State, Wisconsin, they were projected at that point to be the second best team in the Big Ten. I mean, that's what these computer numbers thought of this team. We know Chris Murray's injury has something to do with it, but they were well projected, well thought of from the analytics community. Now, there's another one. I can't think of the guy's first name. Haslam, though, is his last name. Iowa dropped just a huge, huge percentage in his rankings. And they went from being ranked as one of the top 20 teams in the country, still even after losses to TCU and Duke and Wisconsin, his metrics still really like this Iowa team. After the loss to Eastern Illinois, they dropped to number 49. 36 spots they plummeted. But the biggest numbers and the biggest thing to be concerned about for Iowa after this awful loss is the NCAA rank, uh, net ranking. This is what the selection committee uses as it pertains to selecting at-large teams and and seeding teams and everything else for the NCAA tournament. Iowa was 27th yesterday. 
Today, we wake up after the loss to Eastern Illinois. They're at number 60. That shows you just how bad this loss was. There's no two ways about it. Now for Iowa. To be an NCAA tournament team, you're going to have to be, at minimum, have a winning record and then probably have to do some work in the Big Ten tournament. That means going 11-9, which means going 11-8 the rest of the way. We talk about when things get started again next week on Thursday at Nebraska, at Penn State. You're home for Indiana, and then you go on the road again for Rutgers. I mean, you're talking about three road games here. When things get started, three of the next four of those games, they're only projected to win one of them. That is the Nebraska game. They're projected to win by a point against Indiana. Yeah, you come for home after that, but you got a lot of work to do. And it's not only getting to 11 and 9. I don't know if that'll be enough. If, even at 11 and 9, I think there'll be work to do. That put Iowa at 19 and 12 going into the Big Ten tournament. But then on top of it, it's got to be who those wins are against. You can't just be beating Minnesota and Northwestern and the dregs of the Big Ten this year, Nebraska. I mean, that, that can't be your wins. It has to go even deeper than that. So a huge, huge component here of this. And what we have is these numbers. And we have the official numbers today. And it just shows you how ugly, how bad this loss was. Not only losing, but losing in the fashion that they did. They're just how tough, how physical. There's want to. The second half, just seeing Eastern Illinois get any shot that they wanted. How about this? If you like statistics, win probability. When I would jump out to that 18-4 lead, 14-25 left to go in the first half, their win probability was 99.9%. With still 35 minutes left in the basketball game, their win probability was at 99.9%. This was the 1%, not even the 1%. The 0.1% is the way that it happened. I was up 22 to 8, 12.56 to go. And then here we are today. Bill Pabracha, he was working hard, missed four free throws. Tony Perkins, fighting, clawing, trying to get it done. But the shooting performances, McCaffrey, Patrick 0 for 7, Euless 0 for 7. Yeah, you reap what you sow, right? And this team right now, they have a lot of soul searching. This is awful. Phil Perbracci after the game, talking about, we probably didn't respect him enough. You think? It's just absolutely unthinkable. Even as Eastern Illinois got back into the game, I was still a huge favorite. I, in fact, was still favored in the game when they were down by 10, with just over five minutes to play. We are devastating. No, but your margin of error got a whole lot slimmer after that one. That means, yes, take care of business, beat Nebraska on the road, come back. You got to beat Indiana. You're going to have to have a winning streak in there. There's going to have to be a stretch now where Iowa rips off four in a row or six out of seven, something like that. They have put themselves in that situation. Now will this team be different, better they get Chris Murray and Connor McCaffrey back. No doubt about it. But to lose like that, to lose in that fashion, it's scary. It really is. And Iowa, boy, they got a lot of work to do to get this thing figured out. We're going to jump over, talk a little football. we got John Garcia coming up here in just a moment. We will talk with him about Iowa football recruiting. Of course, the biggest story from an Iowa perspective is losing Caden Proctor at the last hour as he flips his commitment to Alabama. 
what that means for Iowa. We talked yesterday about the offensive line recruiting class, still a class that I really like, and I think there's good things with that recruiting class. We'll talk about that just a little bit. And uh, some of the other weapons that are coming in, you know, how likely we're going to see these youngsters be able to come in right away and help out. We'll talk about that more as we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season, basketball, they have it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those also over at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head to the website today or hop on your phone to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joined right now on Locked On Hawkeyes by John Garcia as we talk a little Hawkeye recruiting. Hey, John, good to catch up with you. Our first time uh, speaking here, connecting now, Iowa football recruiting. Overall, it's kind of boring. You know, you kind of get what you get. It's going to be a class ranked uh, anywhere from 25 to 40. You're going to get hardworking kids, but a little bit different this year with Caden Proctor. Obviously, uh, that's where the news starts and his decision to decommit. Some interesting comments that came from him uh, yesterday in the signing period. But first of all, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Trent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a whirlwind like it is for everyone in the college football community this time of year. But uh, yeah, Iowa was in the news more than more than we we usually see. So uh, I think that's a good thing overall. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it looks going forward. Yeah, and a year ago, of course, got his uh, teammate in high school, Xavier Wampa, uh, who made his commitment beat Ohio State and a bunch of other big schools. LSU was involved for him, and uh, he'll be playing a lot more in this bowl game with Kayvon Merriweather uh, opting out. But Let's get back to Caden Proctor. Um, you know, just such an interesting circumstance. So you know, being here in central Iowa, where he's from, I've called uh, at the high school level and probably a dozen of his games over the last three years. Interesting prospect. I mean, just the size. There, there's times he's out there going up against kids, 180 pounds. So the translation in Iowa, you know, we anticipated he's a day one starter. He's going to jump in there right away. There'll be a learning curve, no doubt. But at Alabama, I mean, is, is that realistic that Caden Proctor, yeah, he's the number one offensive tackle, but just the different kind of competition that he faces that he's going to step in there and be a day one starter. Yeah. It's, it's obviously for any recruit, it's, it's hard at any position to jump in there and have that type of success at Alabama. I will say though, and Caden said as much, they've had a little bit more offensive line turnover than we are accustomed to seeing down in Tuscaloosa. Even starters hit the portal there. So there is, is a bit of a fluctuation going down um, in T town, but Look, uh, there's still a lot of talent there, right? There's a lot of returning starters. Even if you look at the younger linemen, J.C. Latham, Tyler Booker, the fellow elite linemen that have played early and often there more recently, you know, they, they've had to kind of battle it out just to get on the field on, on this end. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a learning curve there for Proctor. Uh, I think he'll probably have to start on the right side as a right tackle, maybe even on the interior. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Jedrick Wills, another Midwesterner who went down to Tuscaloosa to play his college ball, he had to start on the right side and he ended up staying there. And he's, I think he's still playing there in the NFL. So I do think that the versatility or we'll see how versatile Caden could be. I think that could get him on the field a little bit sooner in Tuscaloosa. So it's, it's not easy, um, but there is a little bit more room than we're used to seeing from, from a Nick Saban coach team. So, so we'll see. I mean, they've signed a great O-line class the last couple of years. A lot of those young guys are, are going to have uh, plenty up for grabs uh, in the near future. But from a size, physicality, 
and floor standpoint, not many better than a Caden Proctor. Yeah, we saw got a lot of these young guys out there on that offensive line the uh, last two seasons, really, as they had a lot of recruiting misses in 2018, 2019, and kind of leading to having to play at times four sophomores and a freshman this year at the offensive line. I, I do want to talk about this offensive line group because even minus Caden Proctor, I really like this group of offensive linemen they bring in. Of course, it starts with Trevor Locke, the uh, yeah. four-star uh, from Indianapolis, had Ohio State, had Michigan after him, came down to Michigan State, Tennessee also for his services. Uh, what can you tell us about the big man who is up to 295 already? Again, maybe a learning curve here, but if they do need some young help up front, how ready is Trevor Lauk? Look, if this offense is going to make some movement towards what I, I would imagine your entire audience wants to see, you need these type of tackles. Guys who are longer, leaner, and able to mirror these smaller, faster pass rushers that you're going to deal with. And Trevor provides a lot of that. Very, very easy movement skills relative to his massive frame. Uh, I love his length. He can redirect very well as well. I know when we talk about freshman linemen, we're like, hey, can they run block? Can they drive? Can they play low leverage? Trevor can do those things, but I think I'm encouraged by the balance and anchor he has as a pass protector that can help him see the field a little bit sooner because we know this thing's going to start to slowly unravel offensively for Iowa at some point, right? It has to. So these are the type of players that you do have to bring in. Um, look, Midwestern kid definitely has room to grow. Uh, I'm encouraged. I didn't know he was up to 295, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that because he is a little bit lean. But mm -hmm. that's usually what we worry about least with these linemen coming in because when they get to the Power 5 level, they're able to just assimilate with the weight program, the nutrition program, all that food and availability they can pack it on pretty quickly. Uh, so it's really going to be just about that transition. You know, he's an Indianapolis kid, not necessarily the greatest competition in the world. How does that look early in, in his Iowa career? You know, that's really where it's going to come down to. But I think just from a a length, a, a physicality standpoint, the balance he has is going to get him an opportunity sooner rather than later. But like you said, this, this whole offensive line group, exterior and interior, is a typical Iowa O-line class. And that is a great thing. And that's what you want every single cycle. It's it's like when that's how you draw it up, even without a Caden Proctor, you know, when you look at the at any cycle, much less 23. Uh one uh, other guy, well, Leighton Jones, another Indiana kid. He's you know, more of a guard interior guy, maybe yeah. even a center. I think uh, so. A lot of people like him. Uh, Peeper, the kid from Nebraska, he was committed to North Dakota State, another road grader. Now he's only 240 pounds. He's gonna take a while to develop, but an intriguing guy, not highly regarded. Cannon Leonard, six foot nine, two sixty five. Again, developmental, but that Size. six foot nine frame, it just gets you excited. There, you ever get a chance to see Cannon Leonard? I hadn't seen him in person. Have seen a little bit of tape. Uh, he's towering. He is yeah. a towering prospect. When you see anything above like six six, you're like, okay. As an evaluator, you're like, really? You know, <laughs> is this is this real or is this? Hey, you know, he plays basketball, so we're just going to see if if we can tack on a couple inches. No, no, no. He's at worst 6'8". I mean, this is a towering player that you're like, why aren't you playing basketball? But look, that weight will, will come on. Um, and, and I think that's, again, that's a good thing. You want to do that in college as opposed to having a, a guy that's too heavy that you now have to strip weight off of when they do get to the next level. So I think from a tackle perspective, sure, it's going to take time. You don't need him to play day one. But year two, all of a sudden, now your clock is is starting. And I think if if he can physically get there, that athleticism and length, my gosh, how do you get around six foot nine? That will translate, um, even though, again, it's going to take a little bit of time. 
And a big thank you to uh, LinkedIn, who is our official college football and basketball recruiting sponsor here on the Lockdown Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, John, I want to ask you about a couple other guys here before we let you run. I want to start with a local product, Ben Keeter, a world champion wrestler. Uh, He is in rarefied air. Just a couple of people ever have done that as a high schooler, Spencer Lee among them, and and one other guy just a few years back. I mean, he is rarefied air as a wrestler. He's going to try to do both at Iowa, middle linebacker. I got to see him this year in person. Got to see him last year in person. I called a couple of his games from the other side of the state, but he is a very, very talented, just athlete in general. How does it translate? And, boy, we haven't seen this in a long time. Somebody trying to both wrestle and play football. That's where I was going to start. Like, how how can you do this? Um, when you talk about two-sport guys in college, first of all, any two-sport player is rare, right? It's very hard just to navigate that type of schedule. Typically, there's a very clear priority level when there are two sports. So you're almost moonlighting in the second sport but when wrestling is the other sport you can't moonlight you can't limp into that obviously there's a weight situation that you have to deal with your body has to absorb um you know within those parameters so just physically and almost mentally curious to see how that's even possible but yeah look as a linebacker how many boxes you want this kid to check he's compact he plays with unbelievable leverage snap quickness the instincts are absolutely there and 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 the wrestling background tells you when you get to the contact point um he's gonna win he's gonna win whether it's leverage based or or functionally uh functional strength based uh ben's gonna win there uh, in the phone booth at the end so i like him as an interior linebacker off ball uh he can certainly fit in that that big 10 style that look when you're playing illinois and chase brown you gotta you gotta stop the run first but it's more about, yeah, what else? What else can he do athletically? How is he going to develop as a coverage player? Can he work underneath and be a three-down linebacker? We know he can rush the passer as a blitzer. Is that what he is on third down? Or does he develop into a guy who can drop and or maybe mirror a running back? A lot of things that you're not asked to do at the high school level because he's the best player on the field. So you're just like, Hey, go get the ball, go, go win the game for us. So that's really where you start to wonder athletically um, what you're able to do situationally. And then of course, yeah, the the wrestling thing is, is going to be a storyline to follow throughout um, because it's fascinating. It's rare. It just doesn't happen, especially when you're this good at both, right? Usually there's a big drop off from one sport to the next. I mean, he's better, better wrestler than football player. And we really like him as a football player. Right. So that's going to be fascinating in and of itself, but at the same time, what what's more Iowa than that? <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, John, uh, we're wrapping up here, skill position players and quarterback. Marco Linez, I know there's been a bunch of different opinions on him. Not the strongest arm, can move around. Played at the Hun School. Iowa got a couple offensive linemen from there a, a few years back. Played in the prep school ranks, you know, not exactly the toughest of competition. What do you think of Marco Linez? I like the movement ability and the frame. I, I think he's got... Uh, that that ability to to compensate for maybe not being a the most athletically gifted or b the most you know rocket shipped on his right arm uh, compared to some of these other quarterbacks that that we look at in this class of twenty three. But that's okay. I mean, look, look at who who Iowa just brought in in, in a Cade McNamara. Same kind of situation there where you're you're not blown away by the arm, but how steady he is. 
how opportunistic he is. And I think that experience will, will pan out really well for the Hawkeyes. So I think Marco's got a little bit of that in his game because oftentimes with these guys with great arms, you're like, well, can he go off speed? Can he take some off of it? Where's the touch? I think touch and timing are just as important. It looks like Marco's throwing motion has improved from the junior year to the senior season. It's coming off his hip a little bit quicker. Uh, I do think in the pocket, he's got good enough movement skills to keep a defense honest. He can make that first guy miss and then be functional enough outside the pocket to extend plays. And really, at the end of the day, those are the traits that you're looking for. And then he's got the physical size and durability to hold up thereafter. You're not going to ask a lot of him early in his career. McNamara's got a lot of time left from an eligibility standpoint. But in a pinch, you know, could he be a guy that can steady the ship if you need him in the next year or two? I do think that answer is yes. Uh, and look, the Hunt School, very well coached program, very notable football program. They're not going to trot any guy out there. So I do think this is a, an advantageous get for Iowa uh, to supplement the depth because we know at that position in college football, you need as much depth every single year uh, as any other spot because it, it can turn over very, very quickly. John Garcia Jr. joining us here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. He's the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. And finally, quarterback, we go to skill position, something that Iowa is desperate for. Their last commitment kid from Wiley, Texas, Terrell Washington Jr., uh, kind of a slot guy, can play running back and play some slot, maybe something they can do with him in jet sweeps. Uh, wide mm -hmm. receivers, you got Jarriet Bowie along with Dayton Howard. Anybody jump off, anybody that you're excited about as Iowa's always looking to try to find some skill position talent? Look, I, I really like Bowie. He's got length. He's got speed. He's got third-level juice as a receiver that, again, when you talk about what you want to see from Iowa taking that next step, that's a big part of it, right? I mean, I remember um, watching – oh, gosh, what's his last name? The, the receiver from Mississippi that Iowa starred with a couple years back, Brandon. Um, I remember Brandon watching Smith. him – Brandon, Brandon Smith. Smith. I remember yeah. watching him in Louisiana. Like, he's going to Iowa? Like, they pulled him out – Long, a little raw at the time, but long, explosive wide receiver who, once he got there, he, he really was able to hit the ground running. I think Bowie, who's bigger at the same stage, has some of those same traits. And then I'll keep it in the state of Florida. I love Kamari Moulton. I think he's such a sleeper. I've seen him in person a bunch. He's a grinder. Uh, he's a guy that plays all over the field when asked for a state championship level program. But if he's going to be able to focus on just running back, at Iowa, where it's it's valued more than at other schools, I think he's got an opportunity to really blossom and be that true tackle-to-tackle -tackle guy, lower body dominant, contact balance is there, the physicality is there, and the consistency is going to be there as well. Uh, so I think he pairs well with the Texan that you just grabbed uh, if you make that your, your sort of running back combo of the future. I, I like both of those guys. And obviously, like you said, from a skill position perspective, you need – some variants and some some different types of athletes. And I do think in that regard, Iowa has checked some boxes and taken some chances, but checked some boxes in this class. And, and maybe those guys don't have to sit very long to see it come to fruition. That's awesome. Hey, John, this is a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again soon down the line. Sounds good, Trent. Thanks for having me on. You bet, John Garcia. Find him on Twitter at John Garcia Jr. And he is part of Sports Illustrated and helps us out with recruiting here on the Locked On Network. Well, that will do it for today. Thanks, everybody out there, for checking in with us on the Lockdown 
Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks to LinkedIn helping us out with our recruiting conversation with John Garcia Jr. A lot of great stuff there. And a guy that we haven't really talked a whole lot about and Kamari Moulton from Florida, uh, an intriguing one, certainly interesting getting John's perspective hearing about Marco Linez. And again, yes, it sucks that Caden Proctor will not be part of this class, but still rivals had them 27th, uh, the top 35 class. I believe it was at 24 seven. And that offensive line class still is good. It's going to take a little longer as a ready-made guy. We'll see if Trevor Lauk can be that, but a plenty to be excited about on tomorrow's podcast, our Christmas wish list for the Iowa Hawkeyes. We got it here. Hope to also track down LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back all coming up here on Lockdown. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today for the biggest stories in around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Instant reaction, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Five-star ratings if you are out there on the podcast world. I'm Trent Condon. This is a Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.